Well, I thought we'd do something a little different today. If you would open up your scriptures, we have them, to the first three books of Leviticus. <laughs> How to empty a church in three minutes, right? <laughs> what I'm going to talk about today is very simple. I'm going to teach you how to play the piano. <clears throat> there are a couple of things that Jesus does continually in his teachings. First of all, he does analogies, and then he does what they call hermeneutics. Anyone know what hermeneutics is? You really don't need to know, but you use it all the time. Hermeneutics, in its simplest form, is basing one scripture upon another scripture. Jesus did that all the time. For instance, when the uh, Pharisees came to him and asked, what is the greatest commandment, hoping to trap him, and he went into the book of Leviticus, and he went into the book of Deuteronomy. He says, you must love the Lord with all of your heart, mind, soul, and body, and the second is just like it, you must love your neighbor as yourself. Now, I'm going to have to tell you, the Pharisees knew the scriptures every bit as good as Jesus but they had no capacity to use hermeneutics, to take one scripture and bring it upon another. That's done through the Holy Spirit. They didn't have that, but yet they had all the learning and all the potential and all the possibilities. Then the analogies. Jesus used those all the time. Constantly using analogies to, well, a good example. Unless you eat of my body and drink of my blood, you'll not have life within you. An analogy of you must consume the word of God. That's what it's all talking about. But the bottom line of it is, some people believed it physically. It's not true. It's an analogy. He used analogies and hermeneutics all throughout scripture. Now I've got this piano up here. Can you put the first scripture up there, the first words up there, uh, Tim? About practice, practice, practice. And then put the next one up. What exactly is practice? Well, from Tom Patterson's dictionary. (laughs) A repetitive action that brings about spiritual maturity. So says Tom Patterson. But pretty much the truth. You wouldn't be able to see this group up here today play what they did and be able to do it in harmony unless they did what? (laughs) Exactly. It's the same thing with scripture. Christianity isn't difficult. It's very simple. Jesus isn't very difficult. He's very simple. The problem of it is not only simplicity, it's profound. And when Jesus talks, he gets into things and says, "I I, I never thought of it like that. Well, that's the way he wants us to think. Now, I use the piano as a good example of where we're going to go to today. I took piano lessons when I was small. And I don't know, in school we were taught music. But most people in the school I went to, in the neighborhood I went to, uh, they were very poor, extremely poor. Most people didn't have pianos. Now, by the grace of God, we had a piano because my mother and my sister both played and we had an old upright piano. But for the most part, in order to teach the music, they would hand out a scroll with the keyboard on it. And teaching you where middle C was and all. There's only a problem with this here. 
Does anyone, can anyone relate to this back in the time when they had these kind of uh, uh, fold-outs of a keyboard of some kind? I, I can see heads nodding, yes. <clears throat> I have to relate that to religion. Here are my fingers around the, No sound's coming out now. Nothing's coming out. You can't hear the sound. But you're playing along. Well, that's what religion is. There's no sound coming out. The sound is the Holy Spirit. So we learn to play the piano simply by practice. And in practicing, we little ditties we could play with one hand. But here comes the Holy Spirit saying, sons and daughters, I've got to teach you how to play the piano with another hand, too, to accompany yourself. So all of a sudden, my mother taught me this on Silent Night. I was able to play Silent Night with my right hand, but to have the accompanying, that was all different. It made a complete different sound. See, the accompanying is the Holy Spirit. A lot of people can play chopsticks, but they can't use both hands to do it. They have no idea. They can't get that sound out. Why is that? Well, first of all, they really didn't know how to go about doing this. They weren't told how to do it. I'm betting many of you didn't uh, and hadn't been told how to uh, bring one scripture to another. Even in Sunday school, you would teach the scriptures. But the important part is to find out the whole scripture. How does one scripture relate to another? That takes practice. You just don't do that. Until finally you start groaning through the scriptures and you find out, well, I see what Jesus is talking about. Jesus used the Old Testament so many times in his teachings, going back and forth. That's called hermeneutics, building one scripture upon another. One scripture always proves out another. There are a few things in scripture that doesn't prove out, like the handkerchief that Paul had and uh, people sell those for hundreds of dollars through, through these uh, false uh, missionaries, whatever they're called. If you send $100, $50 in, we'll send you the prayer handkerchief, and this will bring heal. Come on. Come on. But see, there's nothing to back that up. There's nothing in Scripture whatsoever. You never, ever, ever want to build a whole theology on one Scripture without having Scriptures to back it up. But that's what we're going to talk about today. Practicing God's word through scripture by the piano. And how you can play a wonderful tune in Christ Jesus and hear that melody. Not this blank piece of paper where your fingers are all in the right position. But you can't hear one sound. I have to say, and I've said it before, that's just plain religion. Religion teaches that. You can't hear the sound of the Holy Spirit. But when you have the real piano in front of you, now all of a sudden you can hear the piano, you can hear the sounds, you can hear the notes. <clears throat> you can see here and how they cl- uh, all cling together and make beautiful sounds. There's only eight notes. How can they make so many sounds? Through the wonders of God and his music. He loves music. Daniel sang praises of the Lord. We sing praises of the Lord through the music. But at any rate, We've got this piano we're going to be looking at, and the whole idea of the piano is practice. If you don't practice it, you don't gain from it. I got to do a little rabbit hole for a second because this—I thought this was 
precious. Uh, a bunch of my adopted grandchildren all play instruments. And you probably know them through Awana and Sunday school. <clears throat> Did you ever play an instrument and your mother or father try to get you to practice? Well, playing the instrument and practicing the instrument are two different things. Well, my daughter-in-law found a most wonderful way of getting them to practice. They go to bed at 8 o'clock at night. If you will practice from 8 to 8.30, you can stay up for that extra half hour. (laughs) Incredible. So simple. But you know the word of God is just as simple. We just sometimes don't see the significance of it. So, let's get into this. Father in heaven, and I thank you and praise you as we're going about showing what practice really means to a Christian and how we can handle your word, Lord Jesus. See through the, uh, the things that you talk about when you're talking about being a door that you really are, or a gate that you really are the one you're talking about. When you're talking about feeding upon you, you're talking about consuming your word. We understand that, Lord. We want to understand more. And maybe today, Lord Jesus, we can see the fact that maybe we can play with both hands today. Maybe we can get an understanding where we can get the rhythm along with the melody and hear the wonderful notes that Jesus had always intended for us to hear. And I pray that in Jesus' name. So, Tim, can you put up the uh, first scripture? Now, the first scripture is in Ezekiel. It's funny that uh, Pat was singing about Ezekiel. Now, these are things I'm talking about that uh, if you don't practice, this is who you're going to be. As for you, son of man, your countrymen are talking together about you at by the walls and at the doors of the houses, saying to each other, come and hear the message that has come from the Lord. My people come to you, as they usually do, and sit before you to listen to your words, but they do not put them into practice bad sign. With their mouths they express devotion, but their hearts are greedy for unjust gain. Now what is unjust gain? Well, it's the world and all the things you can get and steal and cheat. Uh, Backing up a little bit, when I had a business, I was audited by the State Department of Finance, and uh, I come in to look at my books because they could find nothing wrong with them. That immediately put a red flag up. <clears throat> he must be doing something so bad that he's hiding it under this pretense of being lily white. No, it was just a matter of Jesus. <clears throat> so the guy, kind of snarky at first, took him out to lunch a couple of times. It took three days, by the way. Finally, he says, Tom, he says, your books are right up to snuff. He says, the fact of the matter is, we owe you money. He says, but here's the way the system works. This is right out of the tax people. He says, there is a 15% cheat figured in to taxes. If you don't cheat more than 15, 15%, you probably will never be audited. If you go over there, they're going to get you. On the other hand, if you don't do anything like you did, they'll figure you're doing something terrible. So believe it, the world has 15% cheat built into it. So we get back to the point of you listen to the words, 
You don't put them into practice. With their mouths they express devotion, but their hearts are greedy for unjust gain. The whole world is built on that. Indeed, to them you are nothing more than one who sings love songs with a beautiful voice and plays an instrument well. For they hear your words, but not put them into practice. Here you heard Pat and his group messing with fire. Messing with fire and you don't know it. You don't even realize like that poor frog in the lukewarm water going to be boiled in a matter of a minute or two messing with fire. This is what happens when you don't put God's word into practice. It brings in a, 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 a gives you a satisfaction that you're in church, you heard the word of God, you did your duty to God. How many feel like they've done that over the years? You did your duty to God, therefore, you, and you gave some little bit of money, whatever it was, and you felt pretty good about that. And you went out of here and came back the next week and went out of there and came back the next and nothing has changed. Why is that? Well, the whole thing here is, for they hear your word at the bottom here. They hear your words, but they not put them into practice. The whole idea of God's word, the whole idea of this instruction manual is not just to read it, but to put it into practice. And he tells us how to go about doing this. Put up the next scripture, would you, Tim? Again, for someone that doesn't practice, but the one, Luke 6, 49, but the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built his house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, uh, by the way, he's talking about we being the house. The moment that torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. We're coming to a day rapidly approaching when there's going to be a fine line drawn in the sand that you will either accept Jesus Christ and reject the number that they want to place on your head. Now you're saying, oh no, he's into end time stuff. We are into end times. I don't care how you look at it, we're into end times. I may not see it in a few years, if I live maybe 10, 15 years more, maybe. But you, much being younger, you're going to see this. And the whole idea of it is, if you don't have the ability to stand, you'll be taken down. The faith that you thought you had was built on a sand, a sandy bar. The torrent will come, house collapses, and the destruction will be complete. This is how the church will be unless it holds on to the word of God and starts practicing it until you get the idea that I am getting better and better in Christ Jesus because of the word that's part of me. If you don't practice it, you don't get it. Well, a good example. I told you before I practiced the piano when I was young. Um, along the way, uh, I gave it up. I didn't practice anymore. I can't play anymore. Oh, I can, I can ferret out a, a song on one hand with notes, but I can't put it together. I can't make that symphony that God wants me to make for the simple fact is I refuse to practice. Oh, I, wished, I so wished I had kept, continued that. But God gave me a second chance. Praise be to God. He gave me a new piano. Here it is. 
And he says, you screw it up on the one, Tom. Don't screw up on this one. The one is only for the world. This one is for eternity. You got to start practicing it. Tam, would you put up the next scripture? Now, I call this strengthening in a time of spiritual and moral decay. We are living in a world so bad, I don't want to live here anymore. I'm telling you the truth. I don't want to live in this world anymore. I can't stand it. What's going on out there? Everything and anything everywhere is against everything I believe and hold holy. And they're saying it's no good and it's false. For if there ever was Romans chapter 1 come alive, we're living in that world today. Vilest people are saying things and no one even blinks an eye. In fact, they think it's pretty good. It says in Romans chapter 1, the things that they're doing calling it evil, uh, they'll call it good. And the things that you're doing, they're going to call that evil. Uh, Well, folks, we've met that day today. We're in it. You put the news on, you read anything whatsoever, and it's disgusting. Vilely. I, I like the word vile because this is how I feel when I start seeing these things. Did anyone by any chance see what that new congresswoman said about our president? Well, vile? It goes beyond. I don't have words to describe this. This is the kind of world we're living in. Moral and complete decay. So Psalm 119, 53 through 56. Indignation. That's a mild word compared to what's going on out there. Being indignant. I can't stand it. I can't stand what I see. Indignation grips me because of the wicked who have forsaken our law. Now you have to realize what the law is. The law itself is Jesus. In Matthew chapter 15, verse 17, it talks about Jesus didn't come to do away with the law, but he came to fulfill it. Well, all well and good, but now we have to get to the point of using uh, hermeneutics, bringing one scripture upon another. All the law that he has fulfilled is fulfilled in him and you. If you accepted Jesus Christ and you're born again, you have fulfilled the law. I want you to understand that because it's important to think that the law is separate from what you do. The law will never die. It's just been fulfilled. So you as a born-again believer have fulfilled the law. If you have not been born again, you are under the law. I don't know if you know what that means. The law says... If you so much as put a crack in an egg, you have committed murder. That's what the law says. There is no exemption. There is no hope. There was no hope for anyone until Jesus came. He fulfilled the law. He fulfilled it for, by himself as being the great sacrifice. And he fulfilled it for us. That is completely done in us. All the law and everything it says has been complete in you. Scriptural. Unless you don't believe Jesus, of course. Then you're under the law. Uh, We're back to Pat. His group singing, you're messing with fire. You're messing with fire. And I know those are words that, and the song was pretty jumpy and spicy and jumped up and down, but the words were so true. You're messing with fire if you don't know Jesus Christ. Today is the day you can change that. 
That's why I'm talking about practice. What have you been practicing? What have you been practicing? Try to think about it. Practicing your work schedule, practicing your hobbies, practicing your game, your golf game. But if you've been practicing God's word, if you're not, you're messing with fire. So he continues on, Psalm 119. Indignation grips me, grips me, holds on to me because of the wicked who have forsaken your law. Your decrees are the theme of my song wherever I lodge. And tonight I remember your name, O Lord, and I will keep your law. I will keep you in my heart. That's what he's talking about. This has been my practice, obeying your precepts. Unless you're willing to accept these precepts and God's word and being built up in his word, you will be just like that scroll of the piano that has no tune and no sound. It sounds good. It looks good. Yeah, well, I know where middle C is now. That's good. I know where uh, the the gospels are. That's good. You're doing well. Uh, But the bottom line of it was, like the rich young man, well, I've done this and I've done that. And the bottom line was, well, you've done well. So now all you need to do is sell all you have and come and follow me. And the poor guy went away sad. He felt he was quite on, on the money. He was doing really well. He was hoping that Jesus would approve of him. And Jesus, Jesus even said, you've done well, but not well enough. Now the next step is to sell all you have. Are you willing to sell all you have? What do you have that you hold so precious that you're going to take into eternity with you? What do you have? Everything's going to burn. What's the only thing that won't burn? The word of God. The only thing. Rocks will melt down. Metals will melt down. Anything that we see melt down will be nothing except the word of God. So what we have here is so temporary and yet we hold on to it so dearly, you're messing with fire. Tam, would you put the next scripture up? It's one of my favorites. Philippians verse 4, 5 through 9. I, I loved it. Because it says so much about getting the promise of God and the peace of God. But this is the end of it. It says, whenever you have learned, and Paul is talking about it, whatever you, you have learned or received or heard from me, or seen in me, what do you know? Put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. Do you have peace today? Do you have problems today? I'm sure everyone's got a problem. There isn't anyone here. Uh, problem, put an S on it. Problems. Do you have problems? God is saying he can deal with that. Do you know there isn't a circumstance that's too great? There isn't a wall that's too high that Jesus can't get over and get you on the other side. Of course, there's a requirement. When you became born again, it was the most wonderful thing. It was a gift of the Holy Spirit to you. But there was an expectation that you would practice with the Holy Spirit. You would start looking at the Word of God. You would start getting into your heart where it's so deep in your heart, no one can steal it. See, that's the only place you can keep it safe from the theft. Deep into your heart. 
where no one can get at it. But Paul is talking about this practice again, that you have to bring his word into practice, and then the circumstance, the problems, everything that you have can be overcome in the name of Jesus. There is no greater name. There's no greater power. There's no greater love. And guess where that love is directed? Open your arms and receive it, folks, because he's offering it today. He's given you all this. But if you don't receive it, if you don't start practicing his word, if you don't start living in his word, you won't even... I often made the analogy of a 50-gallon drum of blessings rolling down the road, and it's coming directly at you. And you have the choice of letting it hit you and fall all over you or jumping out of the way of this 50-gallon drum. You only have a second to make the decision. But there's so much blessing that God is sending your way that sometimes we jump out of the way of it. And then, of course, you lean back on your own understanding, which in Proverbs tells us not to do. I've always had um, God's word, primarily. Uh, but I had plan B in my back pocket. Just in case God's word didn't work out, I had plan B and I'd bring it back out. Now, the plan B, of course, uh, was completely in, co- in accord with the word of the, of the world. How I would live, how I lived before Christ. And some of those, ever find yourself slipping back to the old way? Come on, be honest. We've all sinned and fell short of the glory of God. <laughs> we find, you know why? Well, I was saved at 35. A long time ago. 45 years ago. But then I had 35 years of practice the wrong way. And somehow or another, by my lying and cheating and doing the things that the world teaches me to do, I seem to be able to get away from my problem temporarily. It never did go away because I always had to look over my shoulder to see who was following me. But with Christ, there's no looking over the shoulder. So I'll bring peace. I'll give you a peace that passes understanding. All you have to do is take my word into your, into your heart. He's promising that. So with this, we find out, we can move to our next area here, the rewards of practice. Thanks, Tim. Luke 6, 47 and 48. I will show you, I being Jesus, I will show you what it's like who comes to me and hears my words and puts them, what is that word? Can't get away from it. And puts them into practice. He's like a man building a house who dug down deep what are we talking about again? Digging deep. Dug down deep and laid the foundation of rock. What's he called? The rock of ages. When a flood came, the torrent struck and his house struck. Where is that? That house could not shake it because it was well built. Well, he's talking about you. Now we're using analogies again. He's back to the house, which is you. He's back to the house that if it's actually built on the word, built on the truth, it will not fail, it will not fall, it will not falter. But if it's not, we go back to that last part of that scripture. The man that doesn't do that, the man that doesn't practice, 
building his house on sand. So we've got the problem here of the rewards of practice. Look again. I, Jesus, will show you what it's like who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice. He's teaching you how to play the piano with both hands now through the Holy Spirit. I'll teach you how it's like. You might have known some things before, but I'm going to teach you the whole plan here. I want you to be able to play a symphony. I want to hear your praise that goes, uh, if you've read Revelations in the fifth chapter, it's Jesus holding a cup in his hand. And you know what that cup was filled with? The prayers of his saints. He wants to smell that. He wants the savor, the sweet incense of the prayers of the saints. But you can't get them up there unless you practice. Unless you know the truth. Unless you're in God's word. Unless you hold that Bible so dear, I can't do without it. So the house will stand. That's the promise. We get down now to probably the... uh, End of the sermon, the challenge. Psalm 119, 9 through 16. This is a song, by the way. Pat sings this. I sang that in my old church for years and years. How can a young man change his ways? Or keep his ways? Keep his ways pure. By living according to your word. I seek you with all of my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart. Remember me talking about? It can't be stolen out of there. And you're pick, you, can, you can go into a crowd and someone can whip that wallet out of your pocket. You'll never even know it's gone. That's what Satan does, by the way. He picks your pocket. He's a liar and a deceiver and a cheat. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. Well, he has. He's given us everything we need to know. Everything we need to be able to exist on, on any given day, through his word that comes into our heart. When my lip, with my lips, I recount all the laws that came from your mouth. And what does it say? If you love me, you'll keep my laws. You'll keep my decrees. Jesus is saying, do you love him today? I'm talking about really loving him. Giving up loving of the self, giving up the loving of the pleasures, Don't blame yourself for being born in the United States when someone else is born in India. That's God's purpose. Don't feel that because you have so much, they have so little. The idea of it is, is not to worship it. That's what the whole idea of living is bringing forth God, his due, and forgetting who we are. He continues on. Oh Lord, teach me your decrees. With my lips... I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. Meditate on you, your precepts, and I consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Finishing up with that, have you neglected his word? Frank was talking a, oh, a week or so or two ago. Uh, how often, how much time do you spend in Scripture? Giving a, a breakdown of what the statistics are of, 
spending maybe 10, 15 minutes in scripture, a half hour, an hour. We're back to the piano here. A concert pianist, the ones that you hear in all these symphonies, uh, do you have any idea how long they practice on any given day? I'm going to help you out here. Five to six hours. Five to six hours practicing something that will burn. I can't even begin to imagine five or six hours in Scripture. But that's what someone does that wants to be proficient, that wants to be an expert, that wants to be considered world-class. Well, there isn't anyone here that can't be a world-class Bible reader. Not one. But it requires that simple little word, practice. Practicing God's word, hearing his word, and then practicing it. Don't be like the Pharisees. Remember how we started out? They knew every word in this Bible. Not the New Testament, of course. And they knew it as well as Jesus. They studied it morning, noon, and night. And yet they couldn't put one brick upon another. Is that your kind of life? Well, if it is, you're messing with fire. Get on the ball. We've got a brand new year here. We've got a brand new start. Get into the word of God. When the day comes, and it's coming quickly, and that line of the sand is drawn, you'll know what side you're on. Right now, you think you know what side you're on. You haven't been thrown into the lion's den. You haven't been sent into the arena with bears to rip you apart. That sounds pretty brutal. Antiochus Epiphanes, a Greek that decimated the temple of God, by slaughtering pig blood all over the altar. And what do you think the people did? Nothing. Oh, they, they were indignant, of course. Did they fight and stand against it? Not very many did. Where are you going to be on that day? Don't think I'm talking through my hat. Don't. <laughs> we're living in a world right now that is so terrible is so morally corrupt, so disgraceful that they believe everything they do is good and everything and guess what you are? You're a constant reminder that they shouldn't be doing it. Well, what's the result of this? Simple, get rid of them. We're living in that day now. There's no longer toleration. There's a matter of hate. You're messing with fire. Don't mess with fire. Get on the bandstand. Get this book into your heart, into your mind. Let it be a blessing unto you. And I thank you for hearing the words of God today. For I feel that's what he put on my heart to give to you. It's not about Leviticus. That was, oh, that was funny. But it's about practice. Very simple. God bless you. Watch over you. Amen. Hi, I'm Jeff Eckstein, one of the pastors here at Bethlehem Community Church. Welcome to our Sunday podcast, coming to you from the town of Bethlehem in upstate New York in the USA. Bethlehem Community Church is an independent, non-denominational, Bible-based evangelical church that includes people with backgrounds from many denominations. We believe that it is only through the love of the Father, the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on the cross, and the power of the Holy Spirit that we can come into a personal relationship with God. We are people truly seeking a deeper intimacy with God and with one another. If you'd like to know more about our church, please visit our website at www.bccdelmar.org. 
There you'll be able to find our Statement of Faith, as well as more about the ministry of Bethlehem Community Church. You'll also be able to submit prayer requests, as we are called to pray with and for you. We also would love to hear your story and how you found our podcast and where you're listening from. So please visit our website and send us an email. Again, it's bccdelmar.org. That's bccdelmar.org. Thank you for joining us as we continue our pursuit of knowing God and making Him known.